Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm thrilled to be talking about the movie Fear the Night with cast members Gia Crobatin and Travis Hammer. And, and Gia, starting with you, you know, there's kind of two different scopes and spaces that you're playing this character because there's a lot of lightness and a lot of joy at the beginning. You know, it's it's a group of women off on a bachelorette weekend before they're under threat. And so I was interested in how you developed and shaped your performance for the beginning act of the film and who you wanted her to be in that sense of who is she in her day to day before there's there's a threat upon their lives once the film develops? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for having us. Um, I think something that spoke to me as a general theme of the film was the feeling of being an outsider. And I kind of looked at Mia as an outsider in this group of women, even though she's grown up with some of these women and she's friends with them. I think like Tess, she also feels kind of like she doesn't quite fit in. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, I was really called to Stevie Nicks. I was listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac at the time. Um, and like that witchy woman, that magic woman and and kind of, you know, there's something about this movie that that's about finding your superpower and how that's going to be able to take you from what you think you can do to what you actually are able to do. And so there was a magical element in there, which I really liked. And so I just wanted to kind of think about her of how can, how is she in relation to Tess? How is she in relation to the other women? And then how does she transform um, into someone who, who thinks that maybe she can help save her friends? Absolutely. I, I love those details that went into it. And and kind of similarly for you, Travis, when we first meet your character in, in the convenience store, he comes across immediately as someone who's very threatened when he feels like people are questioning his sense of masculinity and his sense of self. And, you know, he's very quick to flip to a, to a switch and to, to see that other side of him. And I was interested in how you went through the script and found little details, things in the language and the way he speaks, the detail about having not really ever had access to money and this being an opportunity for him and what that means to him to really flesh out a lot of that backstory and where a lot of that insecurity and in his masculinity stemmed from for you. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> no, um, I think the 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 the, pro the process to to a great degree is reading the script over and over, just with the intention of understanding Neil's intention of like what what is what is here and allowing identifying and understanding just simply what is being presented wounded asshole and just simply opening up that door in my own brain or or emotional past if you will versus trying to um i don't want to say like I don't know that there's a need to fabricate um, things if you simply identify, even without the use of uh, a stronger, unique, specific vocabulary, yeah. I understand what is happening on an, uh, a primal level, and now I, my, me, just has to get out of the way of that. I kind of I kind of love that. And and Gia, going back to um something you were saying as well in terms of Mia being very much like the outsider of the group, I love that detail when she, you know, they first get there and she immediately is like, who wants a tarot card reading? And so for you, was that kind of one of the ways that she tries to connect and, and ingratiate herself into being more central in the group? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, that was my actual deck. Um, I love to have fun with tarot cards and I love to bring little pieces of my life on, onto a set if I can, um, if I can offer up anything because it just makes me feel like I'm landing myself in the environment. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Mia's like, you know, I think there's an important factor with Mia's character in that maybe the audience doesn't take her seriously when the movie begins. I mean, she's wearing a crop top. She's, you know, on her phone and life is just happening to her and she just happens to be invited to this thing. And, and I like the idea of like kind of the people you don't expect to come and be like people who save the day um, or help to save the day really are really are the people who are supportive and who are who are like no let's really do this um that's really appealing to me and so um i think mia's also if, if we're gonna go with that tarot analogy maybe she's like an intuitive person and maybe she senses that the energy is off with the sisters and that this group's not really cool with this group and you know like let's all let's all hang let's all be together and luckily that's gonna work with bringing people together as the story as the story goes on Absolutely. And, and Travis, I wanted to ask you about, you know, because you're having to deliver a number of scenes where your character in essence is almost fully concealed outside of his face because we've got, he's got the hood up, he's got the mask on before he pulls it down later on. Um, and I was just interested in kind of the dynamic and the challenge of delivering scenes like that, where you're so used to being able to re rely on your full physical self in scenes. And then all of a sudden it's like really communicating so much from just right here. It It, it is a little... It is strange in so much as sort of not to get like too, I think this phrase works, not to get too inside baseball, but when you do read uh, a, a script and you have, you know, a giant, uh, like a page monologue you, and you do sort of in the comfort of your home think, oh, that's funny or oh, that's threatening or oh, look at that little bit of sarcasm. Oh, here's an interesting juxtaposition or a parallel point that's being made. Ah, this is like Shakespeare. But then when you, on the day, the fact is, yeah, Travis, you're outside the house and they're inside the house, so you have to yell. And it's like, uh, yeah, it is just kind of, it's, 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 it's not like a real deep, intimate, you know, portrayal or a, a repartee is going on because of, it's just like, hey, fuck you, give me what I want and hope that the little bits kind of, yeah. you know, come come through that. And also, like, look at his eyes. Travis has these gorgeous blue, almost like, it's almost startling, you know, those gorgeous blue eyes that it can be, it can read as terrifying. I mean, you're so lucky you have that because it's an effective thing of, like, I've never seen eyes that are that blue, and I'm also slightly uh, um, dismayed right now by your... By your appearance. I always thought they were green. I, they may have changed. Are they green? Stop. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I think they're green-ish. They're green and blue. What color are your eyes? Only up until I, on my, my driver's license described them as green just until like a year ago when someone was like, I think they're blue. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll click the blue box. What if, what if I, life's great mysteries prevails? Yeah. <laughs> And for, for both of you, I also wanted to, you know, because in, in working on a project like this, you're always having to come under fire in such a such a rapid shooting schedule. Um, and I was interested for both of you in just kind of 
what were some of the most helpful details or tools that you felt like Neil gave you as a writer and director of the film early on or before filming to kind of really understand what 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 the project was that you were coming into beyond just the script itself so kind of things to do with like the tone of the film or details of your character that he really helped you to solidify right at the beginning or right before you went into shooting I think you just kind of <clears throat> The script was really good. And so you start from there and you just, you have to trust the script. And then just being in that environment. I mean, we shot for three weeks all at night. I loved every second of it because I'm with seven other fabulous women and we created this little, you know, it was like going to summer camp. It was so much fun. And, you know, when we were doing the intense stuff, we all focused, we all were like, you know, together. And I think someone had brought, one of the girls had brought a, a like a tear stick. <laughs> And then so we were like shooting it in each other's eyes to see like how that, how, how can this help us? Like how, how intense can these tears be? You know, I mean, it was super fun and it felt great. And so you kind of have to trust the process and like, we're going to create this thing that looks like these women are having a good time because we genuinely were having a good time. And then when the guys come and the equilibrium, the actual equilibrium and energetic you know, molecules in the air shifted. I mean, when, when you, when you, Travis came with Phil and, and those guys, the set was different and it's just there. That's what's on the page. That's the environment that you're shooting in. So you don't have to do a ton of work necessarily, but um, yeah, it's just like that night shoot. That's grueling. That's really hard stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and um, the thing I, that I think was possibly the most helpful is um uh, Neil's willingness to play around or be a little loose coupled with I mean coupled with the fact like on just a very practical level like I think I my first scene or whatever at the house is like yeah I'm wearing a mask I can say whatever I want and they can take it from the take before and just match it up so like I can improvise or call do whatever really knowing that my brain is going to be a little looser knowing that the the girls inside are going to be a little looser because like wait what did he just say oh he said that or he said this it's like yeah i might say that again i might not i know that we have a good clean take of me sticking to the script and they can just pull from that track and paste it over but it it allows one's imagination to just be living in the world and try and fire off, try and find the right thing. When I'm getting in a fight with Maggie, I can say anything, really. I know we have the script, but I can also call her this name and this name, and I consult her in this way that I just thought of right now. And Neil was okay with that, and that allows just the... It, it it also allows one's self to not just be a, a puppet or a peg in the machine. And you can just sort of, you know, explore and rehearse. That's so great. And, and Gia, for you as well, I, there's always something so interesting in, in looking at who is a character or a person in the circumstances of fight or flight in a situation like this. Um, and so for you, what what were kind of the deciding factors of how much is the emotion going to lead? How much is logic going to lead? Because there's moments where it is just kind of like raw fear for her. And then there are moments where it's like, okay, I logically understand this isn't Tess's fault because I can process that, but you're not processing everything in real time as well. Totally. Well, I, I, for me, because I'm 
I'm, you know, experiencing the story as, as Gia, but also as Mia, the character. Um, and I'm looking to Maggie. And I have to say, Maggie Q is just phenomenal. She's a great leader. There's a reason she's really good at what she does and that she's known for being this kind of badass chick. And I, I think, you know, you just open yourself up to the possibility that like someone here has knowledge and experience and is willing to step up and say, I will sacrifice. Maybe I could be that, maybe I can be brave and do that too. Um, and, and so I think it's like having that openness, having that kind of like, maybe I don't have the answers and maybe I'm terrified, but I'm, I'm open and I'm willing. And I think, you know, again, going back to the outsider thing, not feeling like I need to know everything or have it all figured out. Um, I think that's a valuable skill to have in life. And for you, Travis, what what was the difference for you? You know, we, we've been talking a lot about kind of like when your character is concealing his face, but then there's moments where he essentially pulls it down and he's like, you know, he calls it out. He's like, I'm showing you my face, which means you're all going to die. And also him having the self-confidence of even if it's me solo against a group of women, I have the confidence that I'm going to be the one to make it out of this situation. And so what was the difference for you once he reveals himself to them? I mean, it's certainly a greater freedom. Um, less improv. Yeah, is, what was that? Less improv. No, I don't even know about less improv. I mean, there's just a, a greater, I mean, I'm trying to think of, the, uh, I mean, you know, whatever, character shift. But at, at that point, it, and that is a nice, uh, not to say self-referential, but, but that specific line of I'm showing you my face because there are moments in films sometimes and you're like, yeah, but that bad guy's just doing this thing and doing this thing. And like, but in real, and it's like, I am doing this thing by saying, this is what I look like because I'm going to kill you and it doesn't fucking matter. Um, it was just nice to sort of, I don't know, realize the gravity of the situation and then live in, live in it. I don't know yeah. if that answered the question. I forgot the question was. Did you think, you know, because there's there's a reference to this this kind of like attempted heist having been something that's been a six month plan. Did you think your character was someone who kind of like sat there for six months meticulously planning it or it was like I had the idea and it's just like six months is when the time was right to to make this move? Um, I, would, I mean, I, it takes me six months to, you know, rearrange my goddamn bookshelf. So I it. it, it you know, I was going to say this is not on the level of, you know, Mission Impossible, but you know what? It kind of is, and sometimes it does take six months of actually just thinking about things, and yeah, yeah, I don't think this was just some, you know, run-of-the-mill, hey, let's just rush in there and do it, but I don't know that they're having, you know, production meetings every week, him and, him and the dudes over a pack of beer, but yeah, it takes six months to figure out how is this going to go down and how is this going to go down and it's I don't know it's weird like I've never I've never raided a farmhouse before and I imagine I would have to think about it carefully if my intent was to not get caught glad to hear you haven't drawn from real life experience for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and Gia, you know, for you, your character, the group is in a discussion at one point about who's going to be the person that is going to try to leave that the house by themselves and essentially be laid out as intentional bait. Um, you know, and your character is the first one to step up to the plate and be like, of course, it should be me. I used to run track. Um, and so I just wanted to ask about filming that scene and kind of like what felt important to you in that moment for your character. 
um, I, I, I'm an only child, but I love the company of women. And there's a sisterhood bond that has followed me through my life. I'm, my best friends are like my sisters and there's nothing I wouldn't do for a, a fellow friend in need. And, um, I just, I think what we, a lot of, some of the women who were on set are, are actually, you know, people we know here, I'm a New York based actor. So they're New York actors. And, um, I have a deep historical connection with them. And, um, you know, you just really believe in the situation and say, I'm willing to put myself on the line for you. That's how much I care and how much it means to me to be a, a human being. And I think it's a, it's a good statement in life to hope that you would be that kind of person that would, that would make the ultimate sacrifice. Um, I don't think that Mia like goes into it thinking like, oh, I'm here to be the savior. I think it's a, it's a genuine moment of realization for her. But I think she also is buoyed by the fact that she sees Tess, like, you know, Tess is like, okay, I'm going to help. I'm going to take this on. And, and, you know, I think once her friend Esther is kind of out of the picture, best friend Esther is out of the picture. It's kind of like, there's not, there's no other choice for me. It feels kind of inevitable for her. So that's how, that's how I, I thought about it as an actor and kind of worked it out in the script. And then, you know, I've got Ito's face. I've got Roshni's face. I've got Brenda's face. I've got Kat Foster. My God, this woman, she's just, she brought it every single take. I don't know what is inside of her. A magician, she's a magician. And it just is like, all I have to do is be with these women and, and it's there. And it just, it just, I want to, I want to help save the day. That moment also has one of my favorite details of the whole movie, just because it's so realistic in terms of practical, practicality. Hair tie? The hair tie moment. Yeah. Was that something that was in the script or was that something that was kind of figured out in, in the moment? No, that was actually something that we were sitting around and I think I had said, um, she, Mia would never just run with her hair. I mean, because we shot the running scene first and I said, well, she's got to have her hair up for this. And I was like, if she's a track and field person, she's had her hair up. And, and so Neil was like, oh, okay. So how can we kind of regenerate that? And I was talking with Roshni and, and Roshni was like, well, I can offer her a hair tie because it was after we shot that after I was already running. And so we're like, beautiful, let's do it. And I think that's like a really, like, especially this kind of like millennial thing, like, Hey, do you have an extra hair tie? Do you have a tampon? Do you have a lip balm? You know, like that's something that women use as a shorthand for like, I got you, I got you. And so, um, it just, it was very organic and awesome. I'm so happy that you picked up on that moment. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and, and for both of you, you know, one of the interesting aspects at, at play in terms of your performances and, and the arc of the narrative is how short this, the amount of space of time is that the film actually takes place across. You know, we have these constant denoters of time kind of almost as chapters of the film. And so I was just interested in kind of the dynamic of shooting something where you're creating the, these journeys for your characters and performance, but ultimately it's really literally over the course of just that one singular night and not even a full 24 hours. I mean, th thankfully that, that sort of makes it say e easier and more difficult because it's, it's not as if this is some multi-generational epic where we're going in and getting the old person makeup and like oh yeah this is the scene where i have the cane um but also realizing there is a dramatic narrative happening and things do happen in this condensed time so i mean i think the easiest thing to do is sort of just having a um 
uh, I would say, a, a shorthand version of the script that you could just briefly, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, if you had just had the script broken down in one page, you can be like, yeah, starts off there, this, that, and we're here, and it's sort of, you can quickly remind yourself of all that has gone on and what has yet to come. But also, it's like, the the I think that what's nice is, we are in this finite amount of time in the film and it's happening, it taking, it's taking place over one night and the clock is ticking and all we have to make it, you know, I think for these women, there's this thought of, we got to make it to the day because then we can see what's good. We'll know what's going on when it's dark. We have no idea. I mean, fear the night it's in the, it's in the title. Um, and so the, the element of the ticking clock and like, we have a certain amount of time, maybe we can outlast this. How can we survive? How can we, stay through it. I think that helps with the tension and that certainly helped us as actors because we shot this over, you know, three weeks, 21 days. I can't even remember. Um, and, and thankfully, I mean, I'm going to say Neil's already thought about that. Whereas yeah. to, to a large degree, anything that, that we have to do in any given moment or a scene is just what we have to do in that given moment. And Neil's already figured out, like, yeah, that's going to be different from the next scene, and which will be different from the next scene, it'll be different from the next scene. So, sort of the, the heavy lifting of what things may occur, I don't want to say it's like, not my problem, but he's already dealt with that, and now we just have to, you know, run the route that's right here in front of us, because it's clearly written. Yeah. And you both have scenes in the film with very close hand-to-hand -hand combat with other characters, um, but it kind of feels very different. Like for you, Travis, it, you know, he's very at ease, kind of like holding a knife in his hand. You can tell he's like held a knife in his hand plenty of times before as a character, you know, and then for, for Mia, it's very much like this is the first time she's been in a situation like this. So it comes from a very different place. And so I was just interested in the experience and, and dynamic of filming those sorts of scenes and kind of like choreographing and blocking them as well. Yes. It's <laughs> a good answer. I think. I mean, yeah, I think that that's a conversation that you have on the day with the the the, the stunt choreographer. Um, and thankfully, you know, I'd like to think that everyone in the film that has a weapon in some degree has some has enough experience of, of just pretending to be someone else in different circumstances that would be like, oh, I'd probably do this and I'd have to do this and because of this and that and the other thing and it just, you know, some domino effect leads me to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the frying pan like this as opposed to that and there's just a looseness going on that everyone's able to yes and each other. Yeah, I, for me, we shot that, my particular scene with my fight was the very last thing that we shot. And I remember I'm I'm very physical with a, a, a fellow and he was a, a professional stepman and I kept apologizing to him. Say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Are you so sorry? And he's like, I'm giving you permission to let it rip. Don't apologize anymore. And it was like a real lesson in like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, let's, let's keep this, there's a reason here, you know, Gia, the person was coming through and wanting to kind of nurture and take care. But once that stuntman was like, this is my job. Okay, I'm going to be great. Let's nail this. Let's get it done. You know, the talk, clock is ticking. Producers are walking around like, 
when are we done shooting? But um, once it was that freedom to let it rip and it was the last night and, you know, it kind of was, uh, it really, it felt really good. <laughs> I really like doing my own stunts. It, it felt really good. And, and also for you, Gia, um, you know, and this is diving into spoiler territory for your character, but in essence, before she puts her life on the line, she admits to Tess that she's always had feelings for her, but she's kind of never had the confidence to tell her out loud. Um, and it's it's kind of really lovely because then you can like go back and look at earlier scenes and just see like these little idiosyncrasies between them. And so how did you want to play that in the earlier scenes, knowing that it hasn't been revealed in the dialogue? You know, your character hasn't even revealed it to her. So in essence, she's carrying it as a secret as well. Yeah, I just, Maggie is, a, is an action hero, movie star, model, beautiful woman. I mean, what's, any human alive would be attracted to her and would have a, a feeling of like, wow, I just can't stop staring at you and thinking about you. You're just, you're so fascinating to me. And so there's just a natural connection there. But I think, um, you know, in order to plant the seeds and kind of align Mia with, you know, the side that prevails or the, the side that comes up with the solution to, to get out of this terrible night, um, it was just really fun to, to have that. And we shot the very last scene of Maggie and I in the car first. So we kind of had the end, like the, their energy together first. And then it was like, well, let's just fill in the blanks. It felt very natural and easy. And um, yeah, how can you not fall in love with Maggie Q? <laughs> And for both of you in, in making this film and doing this project, what did you find to be the most challenging aspects at play for you as actors? The situation, just the actual shooting of it at night, uh, three weeks of nights, we were out in the desert of California. Um, it was, it's hard. It's hard on a human being. It's hard on a body. Staying in that tense place, that tension, having to keep an emotional heightened sense for that amount of time. It's, it's really tough, but man, we had the best crew and the best, you know, fellow actors and collaborators. I mean, even our, our, you know, COVID PAs were just like so supportive and we're like, this movie is awesome. So it just, it buoyed your spirits, even when you feel like, oh my God, it's four in the morning. And we still have six pages we need to get done. And, you know, and there's a lot of blood here. Like it was, uh, that was the saving grace for sure. Yeah, I'll just say yes to all of that. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> well, thank you so much to both of you for talking about the film and congratulations on everything with the movie and your performances in it. And really appreciate your time today. Cool, thanks. Thank you, Mara, I love your nails.